0: Welcome to You Wanted a Hit, a podcast in which we discuss unlikely, perplexing, and positively bizarre songs that swept the nation, and often the world. Hit songs that, looking back, make us think, how did this get played on the radio? Do people actually like this? Do we like this? Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your co-host, Michael Smith, and I'll be discussing one song per episode with my co-host and fellow music fanatic, pop culture enthusiast, Theo Bidler. Each episode, we'll take turns exploring the song, while the other host has no idea what song will be the focus until we hit play. Josh was saying that he's he's backing it up. He's got two devices going. Yeah, I'm a journalist. Like a, like a true music <laughs> journalist. <Right on. laughs> Welcome to You Wanted a Hit. I'm very excited about this episode. We have a guest that's been on my list since the beginning. Uh, our friend Josh Terry is here. We're very excited to have him. He is a music journalist based in Chicago. Welcome to the show, Josh.
1: Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. So stoked to be here.
0: Yeah, excited to have you. Uh, like we we
2: talked about, I, I feel like we've met a couple times. Yeah.
0: Josh and I go way back uh, in the Chicago music world and obviously don't get to have beers and talk music as often as we used to. So I'm excited to do it today, but I don't know what song we're talking about because... Theo is presenting the song to us and uh I'm I'm pretty excited for whatever it is you have for us
2: no I always find it uh more pressure to pick a song when it's a guest that you know Mike knows better Mike knows your music tastes better so I went through many different options of, of songs and nothing was grabbing me this week uh, but Mike said you're a fan of indie rock hip-hop all country etc uh, so instead of picking a in song a from one of those, clearly in one of those categories, uh, I went back to the well. I went to a song that we have talked about doing, and it's you know been on the list uh, since day one, uh, and it doesn't really fit into any of those categories necessarily. I think it's a song. Well, it's definitely a song you both will know. I, I assume you both like this song, uh, and there is a good story behind it. I assume you guys know the story behind it, but it's still, as I mentioned, it it, it bears going over in one episode so here we are we're finally doing it so let's find out where we're going without ever knowing the way
0: we made up oh yeah
2: hands,
0: and they started backing
1: We left before the sun came up that day
2: we don't need to get into it just yet we'll watch the video later uh am i correct that you guys know the song do you guys like the song I've heard it before, but I couldn't name it. Oh, interesting. I okay. want to say Fastball. Yeah, it is Fastball. Okay. All right, yeah. cool. It is the 1998 song The Way by, yeah. by One Fastball.
0: I don't okay. know the story. Oh, nice. okay. And no. I also think this song has one of the greatest guitar solos in pop music, It does have a good one. Personally. I think yeah.
2: I would have been like 11 when this came out of so 98. This was definitely like a pivotal time for me. When I was just consuming any and all music that was coming my way and, and getting into every band. I remember liking this song, but I don't think I ever dug into the band or bought the albums or or anything more than knowing of this song. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think I knew anything of about the band, but I I vaguely remembered the story. So uh, I'm glad you got that Yeah, one. no, this we was like uh that.
1: this is kind of my nightmare for a show like this. I uh <laughs> I I kinda gave myself like three kind of options for what was going to happen it was going to be a song i know <laughs> and i love which would have been really exciting um, dumb, but, it would have been yeah. a song that i know and hate which would also be fun but it yeah. might might get a little like a little gnarly um but like i this song is one of those songs that sounds vaguely familiar like i definitely probably heard it growing up Listening to like the mix or something or some sort of like yeah. pop radio station. Like um Definitely. you hear like 311's cover of Love Song. <laughs> that was like kind of around this time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll hear uh <laughs> I don't know, like Uncle Cracker, Lifehouse. I almost kind of chose stuff.
2: Bubba
0: Spark, so would you, oh. would you prefer that? <laughs> <Kind of.
1: laughs> this works too. I'm I'm ready to learn about fastball.
0: Yeah, actually, I think, uh, Josh, I think this is a good scenario because I don't know. I there's there's been we've done episodes where I I don't know the song like I've never heard it before, but it happened to be a big hit and has a good story, and I found those to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have had a couple guests who uh, really don't like the song, and I think that <laughs> might be maybe not the. It depends on which way it goes. We had one that was really fun because they just hated the entire genre, so like that was that was all right and then we we've had a couple where it's uh just a little antagonistic
1: <laughs> well it, it's funny because like one as a music journalist kind of like the numb like it's great talking music with people, especially like with strangers, but sometimes it's like you'll get someone you don't know and then they're like, Oh, you're a music journalist, oh How come no, you don't know this. And, and which is always kind of fun you don't know Most fastball then, bro yeah, exactly <laughs> but then there's also like I, I i know this about myself like as a music journalist i am so bad on the spot with like song titles and i
0: like the same album way album names
1: and stuff like even with interviews i'll be like oh yeah jeff Tweedy. what was that song um where you're trying to break their heart what's that one called <laughs>
0: yeah I, I know i know bands i know i know people maybe even yeah. album song titles and lyrics are they, those are tough for me but yeah. it's not like you haven't heard the song no and if you hadn't heard the song we probably would have done like a collective what well the first thing i googled because i
2: you know as a uh, as a researcher i i i'm really uh special with my memory searching the first thing i googled was the history of fastball and the first article that came up was entitled the mighty fastball so i was thinking fuck yeah we got a story here uh turns out that was an espn article so uh <laughs> <laughs> a little bit confusion there but if you are interested if you're baseball fans uh the fastball came into the world of baseball in the late 1880s uh, that's when baseball pitchers started throwing overhand and that was the first age of fastball pitchers so uh, if you're interested you know there's your your mini history of baseball there
0: josh would you prefer if we just talk baseball instead
1: I love baseball. I mean, um, yeah, you know, those 1880s fastballs. They
2: don't they don't throw them like they used Josh, to. Josh is a big, big Cy Young fan, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh The band did not get their name directly from the pitch. Uh It is slightly connected, but we'll get there. Uh They originally formed in Austin, Texas in 1992. This is probably when Austin was actually weird and you could actually <laughs> afford a house, unlike today. The band members are Tony Scalzo. Mike Zuniga, and Joey Shuffield. Their bio on their own website describes them as combining a fondness for melodic Beatles-inspired pop with the alternative aesthetic of late 90s mainstream rock. Okay. Uh, they were all in bands prior to Fastball, so I'm about to drop a whole lot of dumb early 90s band names on you, uh, which is low-key one of my favorite parts of, of our episodes that we don't talk about enough. The so Miles and Joey were First in a band called Big Car together, and then later in a band (laughs) called Wild Seeds. Meanwhile, Tony was playing out in Orange County, California, in a band called The Goods. Mm -hmm. Then they decided to join forces and form their own band, which went by many names prior to landing on Fastball. They first went by Star 69. (laughs) Great name.
0: That's a very 90s name.
2: (laughs) This next one's great. Ed Clark's Business Bible. Okay. Ooh. Then it's like a ska, band. very ska. It yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they might have been like a ska band.
0: Damn. that was the episode where somebody hated the entire genre of music. We did, we did a, bo- we did uh impression that I get, and oh. uh, our guest hated the entire genre of ska, which actually was very funny.
1: Damn. Yeah. Well, I uh, mustard plug is from my hometown. Oh, so... mustard plug. I, I I've I've seen them more times than
0: uh, most fans. Wow! I I honest. was a fan. Uh, I was uh, <laughs> I evil. not <wasn't. laughs> Evil doers beware was uh, was a favorite of mine. And in fact, that's so weird that you said that because I watched that movie Renfield this weekend. Oh, the the Dracula Nick Cage movie. It was good. Um, okay. Um, there's a mustard plug joke in that movie. Oh shit! Yeah.
2: Well, as our own mustard wow. plug, we are semi-sponsored by mustard. So Quentin's hot mustard. <laughs> That's our mustard plug for the day. <laughs> Tied in real well. That cool. is a mustard wow. plug. Wow.
1: All right. Yeah. That's the to end fastball. of the episode. <laughs> uh, Back to fastball. I really appreciate the Orange County to Austin connection. That seems like a very,
2: like, early 90s.
1: It does. Do. Yeah. Um, couldn't find a ton of information so about like, their
0: backstory. So
2: I don't know if he grew up there or what, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So they, like, formed, like, kind of when Richard Linklater was making Slacker. And, mm-hmm. like, it was just, like, a bunch of. Burnouts, yeah,
2: that's cool. yeah, that sounds right, hundred percent. So they went from Ed Clark's Business Bible to Starchy, and then they went by the name Magneto. Ooh! But then later changed their name to Magneto USA. Uh, uh, that was
1: that was also in '96, where like if it? you got sued, you would just add yeah. like a little bit. Like the frames used to be the frames DC. You know, oh. you just add like a little bit. They're like, I don't know if we're gonna get sued. You had DC or famous. UK yeah. or
0: um, uh,
2: Starchy. Starchy's the best name though. Starchy's good. Yeah, well, Star sixty nine is fun. Well, interestingly enough, because they they went by Magneto USA, and not to jump too far ahead, but they will be signed as Magneto USA. They will be signed to Hollywood Records, which, and then they'll change their name to Fastball. Hollywood Records was owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. Disney will go on to buy Marvel. Whoa. So like fastball kind of uh yep. you know, they might have uh, a <laughs> <were> the... <laughs> little premonition
1: there. Magneto USA was their first acquisition. You
2: know?
1: <laughs> yeah. They just wanted to dabble a little bit in the MCU.
0: They, did, they just yeah. wanted the name to the band rights, so they just bought Marvel.
1: Man, Hollywood Records has changed because they, you know, I don't know if you guys watch Hulu, but I feel like every third commercial is like a Hollywood Records band. Like, they buy commercials on Hulu where it's like um, one of the little siblings from Dance Moms (laughs) is having a pop career now. And it's like, that makes sense. It's the worst fucking song. And it's like, I'm just trying to watch like Avid Elementary. And then, like, there's another like kind of Zoomer indie rock band that like has this music video in a bowling alley. You two have not seen it. So I sound like a (laughs) crazy person. But Hollywood Records is in the
2: streaming commercial games. interesting, it's fucking crazy. Oh. Well, how about this? There's a good chance that that is because Fastball existed. Really? Because at the time Hollywood Records was in financial ruin and Fastball is kind of credited with saving the label. What? So you wouldn't have these commercials without wow. the label. Wow. Do
1: you know who was also on the label like around that time? Would it be anyone that we would know?
2: Great question.
1: There's been a lot. I'm I'm not embarrassed to admit, but when I was in, um like, seventh, eighth grade, I was, like, really into Breaking Benjamin, you know? They were, like, yeah, one of the sure. cool S bands, you know? It just, you'd draw the cool S and listen to them. Um, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool uh, yeah, but they were on Hollywood Records. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, how, all right, how about this? So, their first album came out in 96 on Hollywood Records. Mm-hmm. In 95, we've got Hans Zimmer. Into another Queen and John Williams are all releases on Hollywood Records. Mm. Obviously, some of these are Disney movies. Yeah. In
1: 1996,
2: we have a couple of things of that nature. Uh, We also have Danzig. Oh, cool. What? uh, And Fastball. Yeah. And 1997, we have Insane Clown Posse. What? Uh, We've got. Brian May is on here, so
0: they probably didn't make it very well known that Hollywood Records was a Disney company to have insane clown right? posse on there. I feel like that would be an issue.
1: Uh, so it seems like they were sort of in the like, see what sticks. Yeah, that was the '90s in mindset. the music industry. Yeah, just totally. let's
0: just spend You're a shit ton right. of money on stuff and see which one is popular. Yeah, yeah.
2: The fastball. Um, we we talked about all their old names. The name fastball according to Miles. Comes from their favorite porno film, oh. which is not very, not very Disney either. <laughs> uh, Miles called it a typical porno film and explained that it was about baseball. It's really like a raunchy Bill Durham. So in some ways, it's tempted to baseball. Just but. what we need. Yeah,
1: they are they are named after baseball. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a real.
0: <laughs> it's okay for him <laughs> to admit way. that. I actually think it's a pretty yeah. decent band name.
1: But in the '90s, there was much more of a. Uh... Uh, split between the sports guys and the music guys. you know. I, th- I think that's like, true, the yeah. S- the sports guys were bullying the music guys. Now, the sports guys are the music guys.
2: And vice
0: versa. And vice yeah, versa. I, w- I would say, yeah. I think I would say the same.
2: Uh, from the sound of it, the I don't know, actually don't know if they're baseball fans, I might just say porno fans, but uh, from the sound <laughs> of it, they built up quite the local following in Austin, which drew the attention of one Hollywood record. Uh, they would sign with a label and release their debut album, Entitled "Make Your Mama Proud," which is ironic because it was a complete flop. So it did not make their mama proud. Uh, they did, however, win Best Pop Band at the Austin Music Awards that year. Mm. Well, they tied with the Wannabes. Were you guys familiar?
0: Mm-mm.
2: I couldn't find much information about the Wannabes, but I guess. Oh they no!
0: Were,
2: they tied with them. They tied with them. <laughs> I guess they're a big Austin awesome band and always have been
0: this is from well, South Austin West. has those bands that just don't leave they just play in Austin and they make money doing that this is definitely like old dad rocker theater. from this
2: more recent performance it's kind of hard to have an opinion on this one
0: song it's fine I'm kind of digging it so far <laughs> Love some dad yeah so they tied basketball the Are they? The are they like are they like Austin's Guided by Voices? I think so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they
0: don't seem to have left Austin. And
2: then Spotify has multiple bands named Wannabe. so it's hard to find. So with the flop of the first album, they were actually unsure that they would have another shot at making an mm-hmm. album with Hollywood Records. According to the one, I read a couple things about Hollywood. They're definitely in a bit turmoil. I read one YouTube or heard on one YouTube documentary of the song that Hollywood Records was in a tailspin. And they wanted to drop the band, but because of so much turnover with the staff, nobody in the label actually did the duty. And so they were somehow able to make another album, even though the label wanted to drop them. I don't know how that happens, <laughs> but I like the idea of maybe that happening.
0: We talked about somebody where they, they, um, oh, it was Weezer. Somebody, uh, they sent somebody to their green room at a show to tell them that they have been, oh, yeah, that they have been dropped. And it was like, an assistant or something. I was like, that poor person that had to do that. This might have been just that person saying, "Fuck that! I'm not going to do this. I don't get paid enough.
2: I don't want to go Austin." Uh, so yeah, so they they were able to record the second album. Uh, it was entitled "All the Pain Money Can Buy,"
0: mm, and it featured familiar. the song "The Way" and another hit, right? Uh, yes, from we'll that record. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll get there. Okay, uh, "The Way"
2: was their. First I know it's
1: probably like a commercial breakthrough, but. Compared to the two records, was there, like, that much of a big difference? Was this one sort of like the, we want to stay on the label, so we're going to really write a hit kind of vibe? Yeah. So,
2: okay. not to jump ahead in my own opinion here, but uh, there are some, a lot of I would say majority of the episodes that we do, I leave being a bigger fan of the band than I came in. Uh, this one, I could really care less, and I did not spend any time listening to the rest of the music <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> I did read that the first album was like very more much more grunge oriented. Mm-hmm. Um and it didn't have any kind of like pop melodies. And there's a quote that I'll read later that kind of describes that. So I think they were quite different.
0: So you're more focused on the right. song on this one. Yeah, just like and I
2: even like listening to the song a handful of times, I was like, I shouldn't even really like the song all that much. <laughs> uh I had like more nostalgia about it than I do now. I'm like,
1: okay, you know the more I think about it, the more I've, i' I've probably heard this song my entire yeah. life and i just I just don't think I ever had like an opinion on it like I even you know there's a lot of mm-hmm. music from that era that I would google yeah. you know you're, you're right. told the West yeah. Rockets, oh, you're, uh, right. which are great which is a great band uh, and Wayne, them. one of my yeah. favorites of all time um but no
2: one's really no one's really googling fastball. Let me give the story behind the song. You guys have a little more context and semi why we're here, I guess. Um, So on first listen, if you listen to the song, it sounds like a fun road trip song. Uh, But there's actually a a little deeper, more tragic meaning behind it. For those who don't know, the song is written by lead singer Tony Scalzo. And it was inspired by a news story that he was following for a few weeks during the summer of 1997. And it was the strange and later tragic disappearance of an elderly couple. The couple was named Layla and Raymond Howard, and they were from Delito or Salado, Texas, it was about 45 miles north of Austin. At the time, Layla was 83 and Raymond was 88. And every year, the couple attended an annual fiddling festival about 15 miles from their home in Temple, Texas. At the time, cool. Raymond was just recovering from a stroke, uh, and as well, he had an apparent head injury. And Layla had been showing signs of early Alzheimer's or dementia, um, you know, in the in the months leading up to the disappearance. But
0: they're like, fuck it. We want to hear some Western swing. We want to go party. <laughs>
2: exactly. And their their son offered for to them. drive them to this festival that they loved going to every year. They're big music fans. Uh, and they were like, no, 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 we're good. We, we got it. It was only like 10 miles away. So it shouldn't have been a long drive. So the day after the festival, their kids discovered that they had never made it home. And that's when they reported them missing to the police. There was nothing else in the home that was amiss, nothing that was gone from the house to indicate that they were leaving for a longer time, and and their pet cat was still there as well. So a few days later, so now the 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 news is getting out. There's a news article that goes out almost immediately that this couple's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and small town newspaper, and it's pick, being picked up in Austin. This is where Tony's getting kind of clued into it. So there are like dribs and drabs throughout the next couple weeks about maybe their possible whereabouts or the disappearance with them. So it was a few days after this initial missing report that uh, a police officer pulled them over in Arkansas, about 400 miles away from their home. And he pulled them over for driving without a headlight on at night. Layla was driving and she couldn't tell the officer where they were from. However, he was unaware of any missing persons report. So he let them go with a warning. So that doesn't really help much, but help them narrow down the search. they sent people up. They were searching through Arkansas. Uh, they were apparently seen a couple days later at a um, farmer's market. But I assume that this was reported after the fact, mm-hmm. because on the 13th day that they are missing, uh, they were found dead. Uh, unfortunately, their car had driven off a cliff and they were found in a ravine in Hot Springs, Arkansas, by two teenage hikers. Um, and there were no skid marks on top of the cliff, so there's no indication that they tried to stop. The authorities who investigated the incident believe that Layla, who was driving the car, was trying to locate a place where she had once vacationed. So, very sad story. Oh, man. Uh, but mm. throughout those two weeks, yeah, the local newspapers, like I said, were following the story. Right. Tony was glued, super into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even before yeah. Layla and Raymond were found, Tony had begin, begun writing what would become The Way.
1: Wow. I mean, when you started that story, I kind of, like, you know, when you said that like, the son offered to drive, I'm like, all right, they're going to die in a car accident. They're not going to see Phil. And then they, like, kept staying alive. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, waiting for the shoe to drop the entire time. Like, oh, my God, this is so sad. And then it was, like, they're at the farmer's market. And then, like, for a second, I was, like, aliens. They got abducted by aliens.
2: (laughs) But, no, that's really sad still. Well, less aliens, but you're Mm -hmm. kind of on the same track where Tony was. Uh, In one interview, he said, right away, the story struck me. It was an ongoing story. And I started getting these ideas. Well, maybe they didn't want to be found. Maybe they're sick of being responsible. Maybe they just want to get out and have fun. And that's kind of where he wrote the songs from. Where it's like this this couple getting out in the road, nowhere to go, no direction. um,
0: You know, and doing it on purpose. So, but also like pretty beautiful considering they had been going through some trauma recently and (laughs) didn't seem probably didn't seem like they're going to be around that much longer anyway. And they're like, let's just let's just do it. Yeah.
2: Well there is a you know, definitely a uh a theory, I guess, that they commit suicide as well. Right. Um they thumb on Louise. Yeah, hard to say. Right. Uh Tony's version is certainly more romanticized than the actual story. Um the ending or, or kind of throughout the story, he talks about a couple, you know, essentially living happily ever after. Um and, or possibly dying, because there is a reference to like heaven in some ways. So in, in the chorus line is uh anyone can see the road that they walk on is paved in gold, kind of reference to heaven. And it's always summer. They'll never get cold. They'll never get hungry. They'll never get old and gray. So kind of to your point, Mike, it's kind of is like a nice, like, you know, afterlife ish, uh, you uh-huh. know, material type of thing. They didn't find much on the recording of the album or the song. Interestingly, in the beginning of the song, it's much more prominent in the actual, if you look into the, to like a, you know, Spotify or App Music or whatever, um, album version, but. <laughs> You can kinda of hear it in the in the video as well. It opens up with like a tuning of different radio stations. You can definitely hear mm-hmm. Foolish Game by Jewel in there. I read one document that you can also hear Madonna's Vogue and Roy Orbison's You Got It. But I have a hard time hearing either of
0: those. But is it like Did they have to, I don't know. to license that? I was those. thinking it's so quick. It's so quick. <laughs> this is where my mind goes. That's why I brought it up. I, I can't figure it out, but it's so quick. Um I can't imagine those are all Hollywood records artists, but yeah, either way, they'd have to license the publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right?
2: I don't know. As mm. like I said, the uh, song came out in came out in February of 98. It wouldn't get popular until early summer, and it was their manager whose idea it was to ship this song first, and um, it just seems like a good old-fashioned, slow burn radio station started picking up and started catching horn. You know, we we try to figure out why the song got popular, and I think this is a big part of it. Uh potentially the video as well during the the height of mtv world so let's... i feel like this was a big vh1 yeah yeah video. okay yeah, definitely more vh1 probably uh, yeah. kind
0: of a little little more hot ac well i i must say that i'm i'm opening a uh sierra nevada here and josh you probably heard on some of the episodes you listened to uh, they are a partner of the podcast, and they provide us with beers to drink during the show so uh, just wanted to say it 's a it 's a lovely beer, and i 'm happy to be drinking it <laughs> oh, they're they're a
1: great iconic brewery um, yeah they they're a brewery out in chico california one of mm-hmm. the one of the nicest breweries i 've ever been to. I got, I've actually never been. I got when I was there, I got the whole tour. It was, it was really lovely. Well
0: they uh they, they, they seem like good people too, so I'm happy to keep they are. happy to keep drinking their beer. Though I am uh very pleased to see you drinking old style as we are broadcasting from Chicago.
1: Yeah, it's one in Rome and I live here, so every day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean we easily could have popped some lone Excellent. stars for this uh, Austin band as well. Very
0: true. We yeah, we could, could have, have been have. solving some. I, lo- cap I love a lone star. Yeah, we could, it would just be an episode of us doing the cap riddles. <laughs> I'd be here for it. All right, jump on in here.
2: All their videos open with this. Dude, part. Mick G directed this? Oh, okay, I'm b- about to go into Mick G.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know Mick G. All right, nice. Josh, do you know who Mick G is? Um, I, I've seen the name for sure. Well, apparently we're about to get into it.
2: I vaguely remember the video. Once it gets into it, I think you might remember it as well. It oh, didn't even yeah. need to
0: be real music. No, no. There must in some reason. Oh, I haven't seen this video probably since it was popular and it it's ringing a bell for sure.
2: This uh
1: lead singer looks like the one of the others on Lost. I forget the guy's name. <laughs> <but> <laughs> <laughs> like that little like kind of creepy guy that they found on the island.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen the show in a while. Not saying he's creepy,
1: but you know
2: what I mean.
0: It's okay well, if you think he's creepy. I got, got
2: bloodhound gang. Five, that yeah. Up. How old were the guys when this came out? Oh, good, good question. Uh,
0: he looks like he's maybe in his thirties, but maybe he's just had that Aust, that Austin hard life. Yeah, so. it's true. Hard musician. Uh, I also want to point out that in the title of the video on here, and it's on their official channel, they include "It's fastball the way." official video www.fastballtheband.com that's in the title of, of the video itself know. You, you know what do. the <laughs> craziest
1: thing about that is that the video says it was uploaded six years ago not like 16 <laughs> when like band websites for the future <laughs> you
0: <know? laughs> man imagine how many more views this would have if it had been up the whole time or at least since youtube started all
2: right so tony was born in 1964 so he would have been
0: he would have been 34 uh, yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. that looks right called it yep this is such a 90s video in that it's just like hey here's everything here's like some Mm. vintage clips they're driving in a car here's a bunch of choreography like it's just like do a bunch of cool stuff there's no concept There's your guitar solo, at least for me. I'm not quite there, but I'm very excited about it. That guitar tone is just so great. It is great. To your point, the car
2: in the video. Oh, it does, it does. It's about a road trip. Nothing else is, though. (laughs) I don't understand why we keep panning back to this black and white.
1: I am realizing. I don't mind the split screen effect either during the guitar solo. That's cool.
0: It's a good looking video.
2: Yeah. Gosh, Now they're now they're playing in front of some like oil refineries. Yeah. Then they're, they're just like, like, like Nickelback
1: nineties. <laughs> now they're on the set of The Wire. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about the union, the Sabaka. about <laughs> yeah,
0: video The video makes no sense.
2: It, it really. Follows. It's just yeah. like
0: every nineties video combined. So you're
1: saying Hollywood Records had no money? Because I think they had some
0: <laughs> Well, yeah. they, they they didn't have money in terms of 90s record labels. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they had money and they were just had all this turnover with the big thing they kept talking about. So. Turnover of, of staff or bands? So staff. Got it. Staff. Nobody uh, I don't to remember artists, him yeah. jumping off the roof, but it makes sense with the story. Yeah. Um, Oh, but then the yeah. guitar solo it drives is back. away. <laughs> yeah. Wait,
1: but he didn't. Uh,
0: okay, what? He sure, didn't have a guitar. I mean, is what cool. you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. He jumps off. He jumps oh. off the building. We think he's dead, and then he suddenly has a guitar on the back of a. On the back of a car. Yeah.
2: Okay. Cool. So, wow. Mick G, Mick the G. Director, uh Real name Joseph McGinty Nickel. He got his career started as the producer of Sugar Ray's first album. He also co wrote many of their songs. (laughs) Did that ring a bell, Josh?
1: Yeah, it actually
0: did. (laughs) Is that the one with Fly?
1: Oh, wait, no, no, no. It's because he directed Charlie's Angels, right? He
0: did. He directed like that in like a Terminator movie. Yeah, I just saw something recently that he directed too.
2: Yeah. I don't know about recently, but yeah, so he borrowed money from his dad to create his first music video, which was for Sugar Ray's Caboose. And then he would go on to work with Korn, Cypress Hill, and ultimately directed over 50 music videos, including Sublime, Santeria, Smash Mouse, All-Star, and The Offspring's Pre-Fly for a White Guy. Wow. And then he would go on to direct Charlie's Angels, Terminator Salvation, This Means War, and The Babysitter. He's also the executive producer of The O.C. That's right. Supernatural and
0: Chuck.
2: So he's the one who's Probably had the best career, and made the most money out of anyone in the story, so good for him.
1: Yeah. I feel like more people have seen the Smash Mouth All-Star video than Troll like and... most most movies. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it's like kind of like there's the Smash Mouth All-Star video, and then there's probably like Boris Gump just a bit higher. <laughs> and then Shrek right above it. But like most movies have not match the the reach of the Smash Mouth All-Star video. Well, the
0: Smash Mouth All-Star video was definitely seen more than the movie that the song and the video were from, which was Mystery Men, <laughs> which is a good yeah. movie, but I think was a massive
2: flop. True. Uh, he won Billboard's Pop Video of the Year for Smash Mouth Walking in the Sun.
0: Oh. Yeah, you know what? This yeah. video kind of looks like that sort of video. It's like super saturated Uh, very 60s influenced Uh, they're kind of loungy yeah like that that one part of this video totally looks like that Uh, can I just interject real quick sorry Uh, this is so ridiculous Uh, McG was so popular at one time that Warner Brothers hired him to direct the Superman like comeback movie in 2003 (laughs) and wow. uh they spent more than 15 million dollars planning storyboards concept art and locations as well as script revisions and pre-visualizing the film and then Mick G just left the project because he's afraid of flying and didn't want to go to sydney where they were filming it so they hired brian singer who then made superman returns oh <laughs> yeah really opened a, up uh, pandora's yeah, box with that yeah. like
1: because uh, yeah, because Mick G is like the John Madden of music video directors. Can only travel by bus. Yeah. They had to give Brian Singer a fucking oh, career,
2: <laughs> dude. So oh, canceled. Oh
0: man, I think yeah, p yeah.
2: mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't have a fear of that nature by any means, so I can't fully put myself in their shoes. But like, good fucking Lord, <laughs> get in the goddamn plane. Take as many drugs as you can. <laughs> yeah. Like.
0: Come he's on. like you know what i'm just i'm just comfortable making smash mouth videos it's fine i don't need to make a superman yeah. movie <laughs> <laughs> well
2: so I, I i like to throw in some reviews of the song at the time i really couldn't find much honestly this song is um, really just found a, one. like
0: it's just the song like there's not a whole lot of it's really one stuff other. yeah about it it seems
2: yeah, it's kind of like definition yeah. of one-hit wonder. People always say like, "Is your podcast about one-hit wonders?" And it's like, well, not really. They're definitely. Hey, yeah, we did. It's we did a wonder. Phil Collins episode. Um, oh yeah, of course. Nirvana, Weezer. Uh, so
1: did did they put out more albums? Are they kind they of? Yeah, yeah, how many? <laughs> uh,
2: we'll get there. Okay, okay. Uh, no, it's like, <laughs> the top of my head, okay. I don't know, six, I think. But we'll, oh, we'll wow. get there. <laughs> and I this, have the this exact song... number for you somewhere down here in the, the document. This
1: song came on number two, so there was sort of like, did they this do was... like the the thing where they played uh, the way like two times a set?
2: I'm sure they did. Yeah. Okay. Any? I couldn't find a lot of reviews at the time, but I did find a couple. One said they that Fastball's charm came into sharp focus on all the pain money can buy, stripping away the grungy guitars that define 1996's Make Your Mama Proud. There you go. Fastball decided to indulge in a power pop fantasia, snatching elements from the British Invasion, 70s AM pop, Psychedelia, New Wave, power pop, and adult alternative rock. There's a lot
1: going on there. Meanwhile... What a cosmic jumbo of great, great things.
2: Meanwhile, the AV club said... While a good song can aid an otherwise mediocre album, a great song can kill it. It may <laughs> not be fair to describe Fastballs of the Way" currently in heavy rotation at a radio station near you as the only song worth hearing on all the money, pain can all the pain money can buy, but it's just about the only I song mean, worth I, hearing. I like the more other one once. too. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that song is fast-paced and catchy with distinctly Elvis Costello-ish delivery and not a trace of crappy third-wave ska the way is potent enough and just different enough to pretty much ensure that it'll be played to death. Which it probably was at the time.
0: Wait, so they're saying I kind of, I hear the Ellis Costello thing in the vocal. They're
2: saying the song is so fucking good and the rest of the album is so mediocre that the song makes the rest of the album
0: fucking sad. I just didn't understand the third wave ska thing. Is that because it was just popular at the time? I, I might be referencing who they used to yeah. be, maybe. Okay, So they were grunge and
2: ska? <laughs> you guys can waste your time
0: Did you can do
1: both. let's let's be real
2: there are also sometimes when we record podcasts i think in my head i'm like oh we're so like you know uh we're, we're so nice to this band i mean like we're pumping this band up we should definitely like make sure we at them when we promote this uh, this episode this one's definitely not one of them i'm just <laughs> tra- dragging the fuck out of this band uh, what,
1: what, do you think they're on are they active on social media? I uh,
2: I, know live, they, so, I know they I know they still tour. Right, well we're gonna get to the tour in a bit here. Before we get there, <laughs> I always love when I research reviews of songs, especially older songs like this, and you find someone else's like random ass blog talking about music. <laughs> so I found a review from twenty twenty one from uh Toaster Queen Twelve. <laughs> she has a website. <laughs> I assume it's a she, I don't know, maybe not. Um they have a website. And uh here are some quotes from the review. I'd like to talk about a song I believe to be not just one of the best songs of the nineties, but one of the greatest songs ever made. Fastball is a band known for this song and also out of my head, which we'll talk about.
0: That's the Uh, one.
2: Yeah. Which I also liked, which I also liked, but not to this extent. They never really had a long career, but for the record I, for, but for the record I heard, the album The Way is on is okay. Nothing crazy, but it's perfectly fine alt rock album with a few gems. Everything kind of sounds the same though, except for the way. And she ends by saying, It's one of the few pop songs I would describe as absolutely perfect. And anytime I hear it in public or on the radio, I get automatic goosebumps. Such a majestic song.
0: <laughs> majestic. You get
1: goosebumps at the grocery store? There's <laughs> that. Is. There's that guy. Damn. Like you would think like a Nora Jones or like a Vanessa Carlton, you know? like... <laughs> nope. The way. I'll jam would would do it. But damn.
0: The way? The the way does have this. uh, I'm sure somebody pointed out it's like this uh, the piano makes it so unique. It's like this Baroque pop kind of almost eerie piano line that sounds like a sample. It sounds like it's sampled Mm -hmm. from another time. And then it's just like alt rock song on top of it.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that probably does lead to the like. If you know the story now, the more eerie
0: aspect yeah. of the story, which I kind of yeah. enjoy. Yeah, and like, probably sounds like the piano probably sounds like music that that couple listened to. Mm.
2: But let's let's talk charts. No, they're fucking fiddle fans, man. Oh, all uh, right. <laughs> let's talk charts. Where do you guys think
0: this landed on the Hot 100? Mm,
1: I don't see it going
0: over 30. I remember hearing this on on. I think on top 40. But 98 would, would have been a tough time, I feel like, for this to have climbed. There's a lot of cool high. stuff happening. I'm going to go like 15.
2: Okay. So it was number one. Hold on. Hold on. <gasps> what? It was number one on. Alternative Airplay. Okay. Or at the, or at the
0: okay. time. Okay. At the time <laughs> hold on. That was a Modern Rock. Our collective gasp was incredible. That was incredible. the Modern Rock
2: tracks chart. And it stayed there for seven weeks. Wow. It was number one on our Adult Alternative Airplay. It was number two on Adult Pop Airplay. It was mm-hmm. number four on Pop Airplay. Mm-hmm. It peaked at number five on the Radio Songs chart. However, wow. it never made it into the Hot, hot 100. Why? I had to go to the fucking source on this one. So I went to my buddy, Eric. Eric is the senior charts and data analysis at Billboard analyst at Billboard. Wow. And he said, quote, until the end of 1998, songs only qualified for the Hot 100 if it was available for sale as an individual CD or cassette single. A lot of labels, especially on the rock side, would choose not to release singles and hope for a big album sale where the money was, especially in the 90s. There are a bunch of huge artists and songs who don't have major Hot 100 history in that era, but sold a billion albums. And that's Mm. the case here. Because they did not have a single, famously, for the song. You had to buy the album.
0: That's right. I've heard that before. I don't know if I actually knew that it completely disqualified you. I thought it was just harder for you to get on there because people had to buy the entire album. They couldn't buy the single. But it actually wasn't even eligible. I trust my boy. Uh, so,
1: so did it work? Did they go gold
2: or platinum? They did. They sold over wow. a million records in just uh, six months. <sighs> wow. So since we don't have a Hot 100 position here, I'm going to go to the date that the the song peaked number five on the radio charts. Mm-hmm. We assume it would have peaked on the Hot 100 to some extent. Uh, that was uh, was it June... So that's like
0: the top 40 radio chart. Yeah, so number June 20th, five. That's high. Pretty high. Yeah. yeah so at such the time, such a weird song.
2: At the time on the Hot 100, uh, coming down from number one, at number 10, we had Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden. Mm. Mm. Uh, we have Adia, Adia by Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, I don't know eight, if I have...
0: know that Sarah McLaughlin song. Maybe I do. I don't
2: think I do. Either. At number eight, All My Life by uh, Casey and JoJo. Love that song. Great jam. Uh, number seven, They Don't Know by John B. Mm. At number six, Mm. uh, Stalled at number six, we have Everybody by the Backstreet Boys. I assume that goes number one.
0: Yeah, I would think so. Uh,
2: Stalled at number five, we have I Get Lonely by Janet featuring Blackstreet. Mm. Stalled at number four, coming down from number one, we have My All by Mariah Carey. At number three, coming down from number one, we have Too Close by
0: Next. Ooh, the boner song. What? The boner song. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah definitely it's about Boners <laughs> definitely uh
2: number 2 the bullet and the fucking giant bullet you're still the one Shania Twain oh
0: great song and that
2: one that one probably takes down the fucking song in the summer because this is this is actually I don't even know it does because at number 1 we have Wait, the boy's mine by Brandy I was Monica. about to
0: say boy's mine it had to and be that, that song it had still to be number that.
2: 1 yeah. in like late august cuz I I tried to before I went to Eric I tried to find the fucking way every fucking chart the boy's mine was in the charts for God so long. Ah, uh,
0: before you said "The Boys Mine," my mind went "1998 Song of the Summer, Boys Mine." Because I mean, Huge. hanging out, hanging out at the neighborhood pool—that's like the only fucking song I heard that whole summer. Huge.
2: Yeah, uh, shit. The song "The Way," the way did go number one in Canada. It peaked at number seven in Sweden. and Entered the top twenty in Australia, Iceland, and Norway. As I mentioned, the cool. album sold more than a million copies in its first six months. Uh, apparently stayed on the Billboard 200, which is the album's chart, for an entire year. Wow. Uh, so I guess the whole no single thing paid off for Hollywood. Uh, they were nominated for two Grammys. Uh, one for Best Rock Performance by a Duo or a Group. Uh, and they lost to Aerosmith for Pink. Oh. And then... Uh, <laughs>
0: I, I mean, there's a lot of bad Aerosmith songs. That is, but that among the worst <laughs> to lose to it. Um, Wait,
1: when did when did Armageddon come out? Because that was like was
0: that the big '99, grit. like the yeah, that Probably was like the year after. I would say. Uh, I mean, it would be 98? one thing to that's like, a much better uh, song than Pink.
1: Yeah, that's it. Would be one thing to lose to. Don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> That'd be, be fine with that. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, oh, they damn. also were nominated for. Best long form music video, but it's not for the music video. This, I don't know if this is called something different. This is what it was listed as. Um, the video in, in reference here is their promotional video for The Way, it's almost like an EPK, EPK. It was entitled, Uh, They Wanted the Highway. Uh, let me just send this to you. It's very 90s, it's like full. Of, oh, uh, I was
0: gonna ask, is it available because I want to see it? Yeah, it's like. <laughs> A
2: lot of fisheye lens, very 90. It's just like footage from the tour, from being on TRL, from the studio, from whatever, from interviews. Um,
0: it's Filmed fine. at the height of their fame in 98. Yeah. So that's sort
1: of, that happens though you know, where like just some random thing will get like a Grammy nomination Uh even if it's, you know, just means you have good management. Especially, oh yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you
0: you knew which babies to kiss and which hands to shake.
1: Yeah. Right. I remember when I worked at Vice, I premiered a song from a band that would go unnamed and, you know, like for Vice, like not many people clicked on the song. (laughs) It was one of those things where I'm like, damn. Um, But they got nominated for a Grammy for Best LP Package. Yep. <laughs> sure. yep. Now, I was about to say like, that's you'll one go of the on, ones. Uh, you'll, you'll go on Spotify, they probably have 20,000 <laughs> pop plays, and then it's like, we got Best Package.
0: Grammy nominated!
2: Yeah, I worked with an artist and he was a big hippie, um, and we packaged his album, was designed to be, one, biodegradable, but also had seeds inside of it, And he did a video where he's like, you can throw my album out the window and it'll grow trees. Uh, (laughs) That should have fucking won. We should have pushed that. That's that's
0: great. I love that. Wait, I'm I'm watching this. It is incredible that this was nominated for a fucking Grammy. (laughs) I know. It is just like pieced together, shitty camcorder footage of them doing radio interviews and like hanging out in a hotel room. And... If it had been like archival footage of a beloved band, like maybe, but this is just so funny. It was nominated for a Grammy
1: and it's No, no no, 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 no. The, these guys, these guys are from Austin. It is independent cinema. <laughs> it is cinema verite. You capture life as it happens. It is not. Uh, oh, directed by Richard Linklater. Linklater. Got it. Oh, it is?
2: No, it is?
1: Not. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> it, 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 I was I talking it out so. of my ass, but I was like, if it was, that would have been, 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 been. so sick. Sorry, it was, it was Wes Anderson.
2: <laughs> but no, here's, here's the interesting part. It was directed by a director out of Pasadena. And here's why I know this, because when I went to the Grammy <laughs> website to figure out what the fuck this was, it listed the executive producers and the director. On the executive producer list, Mark DiDia is there. And I used to work with Mark DiDia at Red Light. So I was like, wait, what the fuck? Same Mark DiDia? It is. I did some digging. And by that, I mean, I called Darren. Uh, Mark DiDia worked at Hollywood Records. And I believe he was a radio guy at Hollywood Records at this time. Got it. He executive produced this video. So he might be the guy that helped make this song a hit, which is all we're trying to do here. Wow. Uh, But it was directed by some woman out of, or some, uh, sorry, uh, I believe the husband out of Pasadena. It's a husband and wife production company uh and it's just like epk but it it also like i assume Ooh, john popper's this. in this yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i assume they sent this around like radio stations and were like look how cool this oh yeah is. but like the band looks boring as fuck
0: and <laughs> like, i don't know wow grammy nominated piece of media here piece of piece uh, of cinema they they
2: will go on to play leno and conan uh during this year the song was voted by VH1 as one of the 100 greatest songs of the 90s and it came in at number 94 and when i damn
1: when that's i went to for the
0: VH1's list
1: you know well i'm sort of like uh there are definitely over 100 great songs from the 90s and 94 seems high <laughs> But it's like at least it's not over ninety. Yeah, (laughs) like like, that's sort of like my that was like my like tier. Like I guess like yeah, ninety four. One person on staff had like loved the band and no one could shut them up about it, so we'll give them ninety four.
2: I also feel like this list was probably done in January two thousand. (laughs) Right. So they're like, yeah. There's no distance. There's no distance. Exactly. Uh, Funny enough, though, when I tried to find the full list, the first article i found had all the, the the first article i found didn't have the whole list and then i found one that had the whole list and i was like this can't be right so i scrolled down to 94 and 94 was the way so i was like oh this is right but i realized that it was an alphabetical list and it just happened that the way falls in 94th alphabetically whoa number 1 number <laughs> 1 on that list was achy breaky heart and
1: i was like there's no way <laughs> oh. there's no way <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is not. It is not. It is not. The actual list number yeah. one is "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Number so two, kudos,
1: kudos to this publication for well, doing alphabetical lists before it
2: was. Yeah, cool. nope. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This is so VH1. Number one is "Smells yeah. Like Teen Spirit." Number two is the one by U2. Number three is "I Want It That Way" by Backstreet Boys. Number four is "I Will Always Love You" by Whitney Houston, and five is "Vogue" by
0: Madonna. So
2: I, we're. Wow! All over the place there.
0: VH1, y'all. I mean, they had a different perspective. A
2: bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, covers. I really don't have much there. I couldn't find anything like notable. The most notable I found was a cover by the Vitamin spring Quartet, which is a oh right, they string do all version those. of the song,
0: so people can play it at a wedding.
2: Uh, right. I did kind of wonder, like, who does this cover who? Who
0: plays this song? Yeah, I don't know. Regardless of the quality of the song, it is such a quintessential 90s radio song that's not by a beloved band that it's weird to cover it. And it's also not a song you would do ironically, because it's not mm-hmm. a silly song, and it's not a bad song, either. It's, like, kind of in the middle of all of it. You just have to love the song to cover it, of- yeah. and I think it'd be a... Yeah. Like, I heard... Um, last summer i saw uh a great show here in richmond that was uh lucy dacus courtney barnett and samia and i was running late and the first thing i heard was samia covering stacy's mom and it was a really good cover but at the same time like that's a funny song to cover like at at a big show where you're the first of three right.
2: that's yeah ironic.
0: if she's doing fastball all the way i'd be like man she yeah. fucking loves fastball
1: yeah. <laughs> Head in the Heart used to do Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. But that's like an 80s song and yeah. that actually that was- like brought down the house. Yeah. That's a great song. It's a great song. Um I saw Alex yeah. G like a few years uh, ago, and um he ended his set at the empty bottle playing What's My Age Again three times. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think I think someone in the crowd just shouted it out.
0: Yeah. And he just that also it. makes that um, yeah. also like kind of checks out that he'd be a blink fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> Three times yeah, it was yeah, they like kind of, yeah, it was, it was sloppy. It was yeah. cool. It was, it was very
0: funny. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen some weird covers, okay. but this is one where I'd like, my first thought would be like, they're one of those people that are like, they're not a one hit wonder. They're such a great band. Fastball's amazing. Yeah. Right. That leads
2: us into the where are they now portion of the episode here. Uh, they would release two more singles from this album, and we talked about one already. The the next single actually mm. was called "The Fire Next Escape. One."
0: Wasn't then the other hit? I was n- I don't believe so. So, "Fire Escape,"
2: and by the way, both of these will chart on the Hot 100. So, both these had singles.
0: Oh, so afterward, they're like, "We've sold enough albums. Let's try the singles now."
2: The video opens up with this card again, uh, with like all these. information. Yeah, it's a it's
0: a it's a, it's a classic slate. No, they're a 90s band. Does it. Whoever, well, it's because the band, the band uploaded this from a VHS that they had from this time.
2: Makes sense.
0: Yeah, I like
1: the uh, like the guitars. Hey, I actually kind of like the
2: song more than.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's very jangly. It's very R.E.M.E. Big yeah, Star. Yeah. yeah, it sounds a lot like what was happening at
2: the time.
1: Yeah, I kind of like it. First, these guys would be first of three with, like, Deer Tick or something like <laughs> yeah, that. <it> totally <laughs> <would>. <laughs> yeah, totally Keep it up.
2: And then we've got the uh, the classic. This song I very much remember out of my head. Much more of a, I guess it's, like, their ballad. If but you I'm
0: like. still jamming on Firescape. I like this song. <laughs> okay, don't <well, laughs> you stay there, then. Yeah, this one, of course. Yeah. This yeah. was... This was a pretty pretty big hit, I think. Uh, I should mention
2: that this song out of my head was just featured on season three, episode three of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have, we yeah. Have giant so Ted Lasso it, fans out
1: there! It took me so long to like be like, "How did I get fastball?" Because like I kind of knew the way, but like it's because of this song, yeah. and I was like racking my brain for the first like forty-five minutes of this podcast, being like. How did I get that? <laughs> <laughs> 10 Yeah, yep. you can find it. So, did this song chart higher than than the way? Because I feel like this is the more ubiquitous one at this point in time.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, in
1: theory, it did. Oh, yeah, it-
0: but
2: like, what would
1: you say is like the big fastball song?
0: I think it's the way personally but really okay that's the way well, Maybe it depends on what kind of circles you run around in yeah <laughs>
1: let me go back to <laughs> if, if you subscribe to Apple TV plus <laughs> it's this one
2: but <laughs> let me go to billboard here so uh, Adam ahead peaked at number 20 okay on the Hot 100 uh, radio song chart it peaked at 13 oh uh, so the way has a beat there. Adult Airplay, which is probably where this would be highest. That was three, where the way was two. If Alternative, this was you know seven for or number one for seven weeks. Didn't even chart. Out of the way didn't even chart. An alternative, well,
0: it's not. Yeah, it's a definitely an adult contemporary song.
1: Yeah, now, this this Hollywood Records band sold out with, <laughs> with this song.
0: This song that was on the same record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I. Well, that
2: brings us to their. Third record, uh, and that was a flop. Their mm. lead single off the third record was called "You're an Ocean," bold metaphor. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, this features Billy Preston. On TV, Whoa! Is fun. Oh, cool. Which, is, when I said that the Mick G was the biggest person in the podcast, Billy Preston, <laughs> yeah, was the biggest. yeah. Um,
0: but this video is very. Like, Ooh, it looks awesome like they and, played "You're an Ocean" on Conan. Yeah. That, yeah, it looks like, well, mm. they probably got set up with a TV spot to play the new single. Dude, I love these little title cards because... Dude, this is cool. They got all these from their VHSs from the label. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize he's a, he's a singing bass player.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: So the last song was, like,
1: the same album, but he had two different haircuts in the music video, right? <laughs> and then now... He cut his hair again for album three.
2: Oh. He got money now. Yeah. He can go to the barber yeah. twice the month. He looks like Paul Simon in this video. He does, actually. Yeah, a little bit. Wow. Not the guy from Lost this time. <laughs> <laughs> He's got money now, man. Money, but yeah, he can dress up a
0: bit. I don't know, man. I like this song, too. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's a nice. nice song.
1: This sounds like a fucking, like latter-day Van Morrison song that I would, like, convince myself to like.
0: Oh, this song, I think he's a, even a little more Elvis Costello sounding vocally. Yeah. It's,
1: I don't mind that. Like, you can see why it wasn't a hit, but it's like, if I, I'm hearing it at a dinner party, I'm not gonna ask the host to turn it off. No, not that I would ever ask a host to turn off the music. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like,
0: <laughs> I think I might actually ask who is this? It sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. And they'd say fastball, and I'd say, You're one of those people that just loves yeah. fastball.
2: <laughs> I feel like this also came out in probably two thousand. Things are getting getting boy band, new metal. New metal. Yeah. Uh like anything to do with rock music, grunge, any that's it, unless yeah. it's new metal.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: So I found a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a yeah, different different genre completely.
0: I uh, wish they made a new metal Times, record
2: after that. Well, they, we'll get there, actually. Because <laughs> they, uh, they, they don't do it. Uh, I found an LA Times article that was written a few months after this third album release. Uh, it was ahead of their tour with Collective Soul. And it was entitled, <laughs> Two Years After Hitting It Big, Fastball Loses Its Momentum. Oof. Ooh. And in the article... The band is, is quoted in the article, uh, and they all seem very much at peace with the success of this mm-hmm. record. Um, they got a lot of money to have fun with recording, and like I said, they added an orchestra, they added a mariachi wow. band, lots of big elements. And it seems like they kind of released The Way and Out of My Mind, and, and you know, they knew they were flashing the pan, That they were like, fuck it, let's just like stay true to what we were doing and make something we'd, we'd want to make. Cool.
1: Tony is Wait, quoted saying. Stay true to what we were doing by hiring the
2: mariachi band. Well, <laughs> well, doing yeah, what they, they want to do. Yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 They talk about like not tracing <laughs> the trends. Back, see, sure. back in not the not. day
0: in Texas, before the way, we were mariachi band. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> again,
2: I didn't listen to the album. That was might be, like, starchy small or whatever, of it, though. Yeah. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: starchy. <laughs> uh, Tony is quoted at the end saying, end of the article saying, Now that I can step back and really look at it, I realize we've got some fans who are very, very into us and they're not going anywhere. And that is who we need to play to. Maybe that's just a couple of hundred people in each town, but that's enough to warrant us going out and playing. It's a long tail. Road dog. Love love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They went on to release another four albums. They were at seven total here Uh, over the last two decades. uh, None of them having the success that the second album had their latest album was released uh just last summer in june of 2022 um they are about to be on tour they are doing uh some solo shows and then they're joining the jim blossoms sugar ray and tonic i heard about this on the radio today Damn right you did, because Mike, you
0: can see them in Midlothian, Virginia in September at their River City that's Sports About thirty Club. minutes away. Wait, I heard about this mm. on WNRN today, I think.
2: Sure. Yeah,
0: it was on the radio while I was uh while I was going to the post office. And that's so weird. I, I heard them they 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 gave the lineup. They said, yeah, gin blossoms, sugar Ray. it was gin blossoms and sugar a yep. headliner with yeah. Yeah. Was it Tonic and Fastball? I believe that. So. They're first to four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was yeah. yeah. I think that's Happened to be, I heard about know? that today on the radio. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, before we end, that that's kind of where the band is. I do want to mention the children of Layla and Raymond. Um there are a couple of interviews oh, with the couple That was
0: in the accident. The song's yeah, about yeah. okay.
2: so um they are like very Texas and and very heartwarming. Um, In an interview they gave with a local TV station not too long ago, maybe five years ago, maybe ten years ago, um, but definitely more recent, they said that finding their parents uh, was a relief because many families never have that closure, which was nice. Uh, They're also fans of the song. They didn't know anything about the song until they heard it on the radio, uh, and they realized that this is a very familiar story. And they pieced everything together. Did they? Layla's granddaughter.
0: Intru- that's so interesting that they picked up on
2: yeah. it. If you know the story and you listen to the, the song lyrics, it's like dead on.
1: Yeah. Um, well, this is like the one case where it's like you listen to a song and it's like, oh, I yeah. this, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> this
1: is the soundtrack to my life. And it
2: actually is. Right. Literally. And you're like, Wait a minute. Uh, wow.
0: That's the exact name of the girl that dumped me. Well, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: uh so layla's granddaughter Rhonda said i was just blown away i just couldn't believe somebody would do something like that for my grandma uh Hal ray copeland lay's son who was again very texas and at this point seemingly well into his 80s in his own uh he said i like it really i like the song real well hell yeah uh and and lastly i i couldn't figure out if temple texas still holds their annual fiddle festival but I did find a lot of other fiddling festivals in Texas. Oh, yeah. So if you want to go see what Layla and Ra- Raymond were excited to go to every year, you can find it somewhere in Texas. And that is the story of the way. That was fun. Are you a fan now, Josh? Are You've are
0: you come around to fastball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I'm definitely going to run through the discography yeah, the at do. some point, you know, see if there's some cool. hidden gems. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure I've heard this uh the song before a bunch of times in my mom's Chrysler minivan growing up, Um, maybe maybe in some CBS aisles over the years, but to
2: this
1: day. Shout out Hollywood Records, and if anyone from that label is hearing, please please tone down the Hulu advertisements.
2: (laughs) 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 They probably get a deal. Isn't Hulu owned by Disney? Yeah, they they do.
1: Yeah, it is. It's 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 very uh, it's easy for them.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to see some fastball ads on Hulu. That's what I want to see.
2: Wait, speaking of people you know or things you know and things in Chicago, are you are you a Dark Matter coffee fan? I I live I live around the block. I uh I go to the Love Mothership
1: that. or Star, Star Lounge once a week. I'm uh drinking a bag of uh I think it's called Tierra. Um, Excellent. The barista at Ospen. I was in Lakeview earlier this week. I picked up a bag. And he said that this was their bright and fruity mm. blend, which was it was not a blend, it's single origin, don't get me wrong. But it's it's delicious. I love a bright and fruity. I, love it. I drank a I drank a whole pot today from the uh from the from the Maka master.
0: I love it. I don't
2: have to do an ad read. Yeah, while I teed that up, I didn't even tell him to say that.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I gotta say, I have always liked this song, I would say never disliked it and again there are parts of it i really dug like as a kid but i can't i can't tie it to a memory but i just remember it being around it was like i feel like at a certain time even for several years it was kind of like yep i smell some fastball like just every so often i just hear that song and it's just like wafting somewhere like especially especially in the summer i feel like it was like playing on a radio or or whatever but what i still can't figure out is what else it sounds like and i think i've always thought that i'm like what what like genre is this song like it is the i think it's the old school that as i mentioned the like baroque piano line and then the the guitar solo that guitar tone it was just such like a it is a very 90s song but it feels it feels almost like 1960s storytelling yeah it kind of does in a way that has that like
2: um like we did uh what was that one like drunk driving car crash song that was like way more 50s but it had from um the napoleon the 14th uh, (laughs)
0: they're uh, coming to take me away Ha ha. yeah yeah well there was that part about that
2: that drunk driving and only because it's a driving song but like storytelling in like a quick succession mm-hmm. like 1970s surfer guitar way mm-hmm. almost
0: yeah like, yeah yeah i think so too
2: but it's very 90s so is this like weird amalgamation of the two
0: yeah well i don't know uh, i enjoyed learning about it the story of the song is pretty incredible like the yeah. what they based it on was was super neat cool to learn about i'm, and, I'm uh, surprised
1: they didn't like reach out to the family you know, and the family kind of had to find out.
0: Yeah, that own. is interesting. <laughs>
1: That's crazy.
0: And then the family yeah. figured it out. And yeah. I wonder what they did. Like, how did they confirm that it was about that? I guess the band doing interviews. But mm. at that time, the family couldn't have Googled it. Like, yeah. I'm the, so the curious. The band gives a lot
2: of interviews at the time to talk about it. So They, yeah. they must have read sense. it in Rolling yeah.
0: Stone or seen them being interviewed by Kurt Loder or some shit. Yeah. Probably Yeah. Kurt. Yeah probably was and
2: i imagine because the again uh salado or salado texas is so close to austin i think it's like the metro Mm. newspaper or whatever like it was pretty obvious fastball
0: front page Mm -hmm. at that time josh thanks so much for joining us i'm glad we could have you on the show Uh, thank you guys is there, uh, is there anything you wanna, you wanna tell the people about that you wanted to hitters, as we call them? Yeah,
2: <laughs> What's your muster plug? Um, I don't
1: really have it <laughs> that much plug. Um, I'm a music journalist. I have a newsletter that I do for fun every week. That um, I very much enjoy. Yeah, it's called No Expectations. Um, it's just a place for me to write about whatever I'm into. But every week I like recommend an album, a movie, a book, and. Yeah. I make a playlist and I write about what shows are coming to Chicago that I attend. Um, yeah, it's no expectations.fyi and yeah, I have a lot of fun doing it and, but not as much fun as I've had doing this. This has been, this has been really (laughs) great. And yeah, I, as much as I would love to be more, um, knowledgeable of fastball, um, I hope I hope that this was a learning experience for, for all of us. We'll have network. you Definitely. back.
2: We'll have Mike pick a song <laughs> that is perfect for you. Maybe we'll wait long enough where you forget that you asked for Stacy's
0: mom. We'll just do that. One. I, uh, you know, sometimes we just go with it, and that's what's that's what's yeah, fun about it. No, this was a blast. That's a wrap on this episode of You Wanted a Hit. Thanks for listening. Good luck getting that song out of here. If you enjoyed the show, please do all the things podcasts usually ask you to. They really help. Tell a friend about the show, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, write a review on your favorite podcast app, and visit our website, that's ywahpod.com. that's ywhpod.com, for updates on new episodes, and our merch store. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, stickers, and more, and it all goes back into the podcast. We would love to hear what you thought of the episode, and we also want to hear if there's something that we missed can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at YWHPod or directly via email at, ywhpod at gmail.com This podcast was researched, produced, recorded, and edited by me and Theo Bideman, and our theme music is by Air doctor We'll see you next time.